So Matt, I mean, I could open this podcast with some sort of derogatory joke about you being into furries or thinking the earth is flat, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. usual thing. Uh -huh. But I got to say, my mind is in a weird place right now. I had a feeling it would be. All I want to do is tell you about our Lord and Savior, Chris Roberts. I know. I have know. You, have you heard about him? I have heard about him and I can't wait to hear more. So this weekend for me, I spent more than 12 hours because I had to intro and outro a stream, but there was 12 hours of Star Citizen fan con coverage of just like media information galore. It was exciting and exhausting and just like so crazy for the franchise. And I know I'm like the crazy dude sipping the Kool-Aid. You are. in my hopium well, okay. and copium, but uh, it was a big moment. It was a big moment for Star Citizen fans, man. And I know people are like, oh, not more Star Citizen. Please level. Here's the thing. If you don't hear it from me, you're about to hear it from just whatever media sources you follow, because what they showed off this weekend was big enough to hit like the mainstream news pages. You I might have seen was it. able to. I, well, I, I did because I was watching you. Oh. I, I went back on the, your VODs and I wasn't able to watch all of it because uh, I'm sorry, I'm not putting 12 hours into Star Citizen, but. Can't uh, I did. You weren't there for all 12 hours, man. I Come wasn't on. there for all 12 hours. I'm sorry. I'm not a true fan, but. I did watch a fair amount and you're right They're like, well, what they showed off was incredible and I'm loving what I'm seeing, but I'm going to have to ask you and we're probably going to discuss all this. When are all these things actually going to be coming out soon? Okay. Mm -hmm. That's Here. the big, that's the big okay, sticking okay, okay. point. Hear me out because yeah. nobody's been hurt more by CIG than me. And <laughs> And the other like four million people who have, you know, signed we up need for to get game the doll packages. <clears throat> where did they hurt you? Where's the wallet on the doll? That's where I'm gonna yeah, point to. Pretty much. They hurt yeah. my wallet. They took yeah. so much from me. No, so uh the end of the month is when we get Pyro on a test server. Now and it, for all those that are un unaware, Pyro is the second system for Star Citizen. It which was, is huge. Yeah. Uh, it is actually physically huge compared to the current system. Apparently, there's a lot more locations there, um, or at least maybe mission locations. People were playing it on the convention floor over the weekend. and sort So it's of, playable. Yep, it's playable. It There isn't going to be transitions between Stanton and Pyro yet. That's still kind of like coming that's soon fine. to be determined. But yeah, so that's the first little bit of content that we're getting. Then we'll get a little more, and then a little more, then a little more. The big ticket news thing that I think all the big websites are going to be covering is Squadron 42. So, As Squad they should. Yeah. It's the single player version of the game, and it's been in development forever. We saw a very competent vertical slice of it back in 2017, and people were like, oh, the game's like a year away from releasing. No, 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 no. Nope. No, 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 no. Well, but, didn't they, they, they redid it, didn't they? They, yes. they scrap, didn't scrap it entirely, no, but they no. basically redid it. Um, they didn't redo it. They just, their ambitions for the game were so insane that they just kept going and going and going. And by the time yeah. they got to a place where they're like, we actually have all the levels and all this stuff complete. 
well, the graphics were kind of out of date, so they just updated all the visuals. And now the before and after comparisons are kind are of bonkers. They're crazy. You're like, oh, I'm glad they didn't ship it in 2018 or whenever they might have been closer because then we would have had a neat game back then. But now it's like stunning visually. Yeah. What uh, did you think of the visuals? What did you think the of the visuals this? were incredible? The visuals yeah. were amazing. I yeah. was more of just taking uh, issue with the fact that, you know, it still may not be very good when it releases. Like all this effort could result in a stunning looking game yes. that doesn't actually deliver on the promises that they've been making over the last decade. So I will say that is my main concern because that's the one thing you can't tell from a trailer is right. gameplay, right? You're yeah. like, that kind of looks neat, but I didn't see any gameplay that looked monumentally fantastic. There was some cool puzzle solving stuff in there that I was like, oh, that's neat. They're like filling up a fuel <laughs> canister with the right amount of fuel. And then you'll need that to like solve some sort of physics puzzle, you know, in a level to yeah. like, and you know, physics puzzle stuff. That's fun. I like that kind of stuff, but it's, it's not particularly like next level stuff. The FPS combat looked competent but they didn't show anything crazy with it. You know, there's some cool destruction in there, but it was still kind of, here's an SMG, here's a guy shooting at you with an assault rifle. Had they announced and shown off destruction before this? No, that was all new. I gotta say, when I saw destruction on the first day, mm -hmm. my my initial impressions were, why? Why, yeah. why do you gotta stop? Stop! <laughs> I, I had a little bit of that as well. This game. I was uh, feeling that I saw too. Then yeah. I saw it in the first person mode and I was like, oh, that's where you actually going to be using it, where you can take out players covers and stuff like that. OK, now I'm getting it. But on like a large grand scale, we are taking out like buildings and stuff like that. Is like that going to be so we'll. Yeah, we'll that's, see. That's the big question. And I think they very much were vague about how it's going to be utilized because that initial trailer that they showed off all the engine tech and what you uh -huh. could do with it almost seemed like a trailer to market the engine itself versus mm. saying this is what's going to be definitely in the game. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Because yeah. persistence is in the game right now. So everybody's like, well, if you break a building and then somebody comes yeah, by... Yeah, so just broken forever? Yeah. Like, that would suck. Yeah, so the way they handle uh, NPCs right now with persistence is that once all players leave an area they will be streamed out and then when somebody comes back in they'll stream in new npcs for them and they'll be alive and the dead bodies will be gone so they they get a nice reset so maybe you right. could handle destruction in a similar way to that but and it could just be for the single player yes it might just be single player but it would be cool if like you could crash land in a forest and take out all the trees you know as you're coming down or something well it'd also be really cool is if you had base building which is what another thing i'm sure we're going to be talking about because they've announced the development of that and then that becomes incorporated where you mm -hmm. have your shields to protect your base but if your base you know those go down then they start taking out your base and literally taking it out where yeah. it's it's starting to like fall apart and holes are opened up what was nice about the so base building hasn't even started really production yet. They, <laughs> yeah, they, they fleshed say, out did a they very say quarter one of twenty twenty four is when they're going to start yeah. production. So they're going to start it in like you know a couple months or whatever, right? Uh, but okay, 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 okay. Here's what this was just... nice about okay. this because everybody since they concepted base building, which was I think like, I don't know, 2013, 2014, uh -huh. long time ago. 
Yeah. Everybody went, how is base building going to work? It might, it might have not been that long. It might have been 2015. I don't know when it was. Don't quote me on that. But it's really been a long while. Time so long mm-hmm. that I'm, you know, I could be three years off with my estimate. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, we just didn't know how it was going to work. They say, you can put bases down on planets. Cool. This is a giant MMO. How does all of that stuff work? Well, they actually listed it out this time. They said in high security areas, which would probably be stant in the current system, Mm. your base will be invulnerable to enemy players. Mm. And if enemy players try and shoot it, you know, the cops will show up and take them out regardless, even though they can't kill it. Even though they can't do anything. We'll send the police in just to punish them for trying to do it, you know, trying to harass you. You go to a medium security area, and I imagine there's going to be variability within what's medium, like medium high, medium low. Um, Then they will send the police out to try and back up your base, but that security might be based on how wealthy that system is or how good the security is on the planet that you bought the stake on. And they might not be able to stop the player from taking out your base. So you will get NPC assistance. But it's not a guarantee that it'll save the base for you. The benefit of building there is there's less taxes and less operational costs to pay in those systems. (laughs) So the potential for profit is higher, right? The tax man. Okay. Then you have zero security systems. Systems where if you go into it, it's like there's no scanning. Yeah, yeah. There's no, nobody's policing. You kill somebody there, you come back. Nobody knows about it. It's the Vegas of Star Citizen, right? Right. Uh, And so you go out there, you can build anywhere you want. You no longer have to buy a land claim, which is what you will have to do in any other policed system. Uh So you're like, oh, that planet looks cool. Let's just start building a base right here. Very cool. If somebody finds that base, though, they're free to take it out, assuming you don't have shields and turrets that will defend it. Um, But even so those will probably only hold up for so long against a decently sized force before you have to log back in and actually try and stop them. So that's going to be more for orgs, right? People who can have players on 24 hours a day kind of operating in a system. And I would imagine that these would probably be closer to places that maybe can mine valuable resources because they're, you know, on the outer edges and that's where the resource, like the, you know, the nice loot is, but you're also Mm -hmm. risking it because you're, leaving yourself vulnerable potentially yeah i mean the whole idea of it is incredible right you're you're it's building the, up a it's base the end game it's what yeah, people it's, are it's gonna play game. toward yeah 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 you you start off with like a little ship you're going around you're doing some odd jobs you make some money you get a bigger ship then you use that bigger ship excuse my phone's going off uh that bigger ship then allows you to maybe get more resources so you can start to build a small little settlement then you're like oh i'd like to branch off and then i make a bigger settlement with maybe some friends like that all whole and then it's yours like you're yeah. building up your own little it's yours in a multiplayer universe right yeah like yeah rust does stuff like that but the servers aren't massive there's not like a thousand people that could come by and look at your base in rust right that's how it's supposed to be in star citizen there could be thousands of people that come to your tr- Matimio's trading post, right? Matimio's, Matimio's milk farm in Star Citizen. I, there's cows with udders in the game. We saw it at CitizenCon, okay? I'm just saying you could be a cow farmer. It's, this has nothing to do with anything else, Matt. I'm just random example, okay? Just, just spur of the moment, okay? Spur of the moment, random mm-hmm. example. You know, everybody goes, hey, who's got the best milk in Star <laughs> Citizen? No, no, no. Matimio's no. got the best milk in Star <laughs> no. Citizen. <laughs> 
Let's go Let get some die, of that in the cow. <laughs> Let it die. <laughs> oh, I hope that's, I can. That's cool, though. I that's hope legit. I can incorporate something like that in the game. That'll be great. But yeah, yeah. So it sounds cool. They want it to be more hands-on. So if you compare it to like Starfield, which I think is a great comparison because the actual connections of the bases and the modules looked very similar to Starfield. Mm -hmm. Starfield just had no reason to build it, though. Yeah, because you're just kind of single player and you're like, I guess I could craft a whole bunch of things to build, upgrade my gear, but I don't really need to. It was crafting for the sake of crafting. Yeah, you didn't really need the higher level gear to do anything in the game, right? You're like, well, well it, wasn't, I, it wasn't even that. Like, if you built a base, like you could, it gave you more options to build more, like a bigger base, but the base didn't really do anything for you. Like it was, there was, yeah. I mean, it was kind of an outpost. Like, I guess technically it allowed you, if you had a refueling station there, it would allow you to uh, jump to different star systems that were further away, but that was it. Uh, that was, that was literally about it, so... I would hope that in Star Citizen, there's going to be more. There's going to be much more important because it's going to be yours, and it's going to be, you know, it's we're going to store all of your loot. And if someone comes on in and destroys everything, like then that's very, very bad. Yeah, <laughs> um, it does look. I mean, there's so many unknowns about how it's going to work. Ultimately, they've laid out yeah. a plan, but the amount of things that can and almost certainly will go wrong with that plan are going to be very much in line with the entire rest of star citizens development, which is like, they're like, here's an idea. It's like we were talking about last week, I think with the tickets that you could find in game that would give you a free super rare spaceship, right? With a custom yep. skin that nobody else could get. Uh, yep. Everybody on the server was hunting for them. The players that got them would finally get back to a safe space, quote unquote, and, and then get land, rammed and somebody just rammed their ship and blow them up. And it's like, well, they intended for that to be a safe place, but they didn't think about the ways that players would break that system, right? So how are players going to break base building? Probably in a thousand different ways, but it is very exciting and... It's incredibly exciting. Chris said a dumb thing. He said a Chris thing, which was, I intend for all the things that you've seen in this whole CitizenCon presentation to be in the game and playable in the next 12 months. Which everybody was like, "Boom!" You just, you shoot. just said, yeah. "Yeah, you just said that it's gonna be in. It's gonna start development. The fact that's yeah. what. Okay, <laughs> the fact that this game is in development over a decade now, right? 11, has it hit a decade? Yeah, it's, eleven the years. Kickstarter was October two thousand twelve, so and like eleven. They years haven't now. even started full production of one of their big systems, which is base building." They're literally announcing yeah. they're going to be start, which in and of itself could be like its own game, right? Yeah, it will be, really. Right, yeah. Yeah, all the professions the are designed to be extremely deep, and we've only got like tier one of most professions. So like yeah. mining, you can go out and crack a rock, <laughs> but they want you to be able to go in a giant spaceship and like eat asteroids and stuff like that. <laughs> which is awesome, but like... Where is it? <clears throat> yeah. No, fair enough. I mean, well, some of it's going to be here at the end of the month, according to them. So, I mean, okay. we can at All least right. hold I them look, to that. I look forward right? to it. I do look forward to That's it. That's some of it. I don't think we're going to see base building next year. Uh, Chris did say that with a huge caveat of like, I would like it to be out in the next 12 months. I think some of where he's coming from is that Squadron 42 is literally in the polish phase. 
So they're polishing the game. They're not still building giant things that they need and being like, what should we do in this part of the level? It's like, let's fix the bugs. Let's optimize the game. Let's make everything look pretty. Um, Because they're in that phase, a lot of the programmers and content creators and stuff, they're free to go elsewhere. I heard there's like 80% of their their dev team has worked on the uh, Squadron 42 and that's like all their focus for the last couple of years. And that's yeah. why the persistent universe has been so slow with updates. Yeah. And they have 1300 employees right now. So a lot. if even a percentage of that 80%, say like, say if they got half of those people, right, half of those people didn't need to keep doing all that stuff on squadron 42. Cause it's in the polish phase. If they come over to the persistent universe, then progress could move extremely fast. Cause we're used to talking about deadlines in, the persistent universe based on how they've been doing it with like the 20 or 30 percent of the production force working on it which is like much slower now if they get a huge injection that could speed up really fast and maybe we do see all of those features in the next 12 months but everybody's just very exactly i'm not i don't think we're going to and everybody who's been around for long enough will tell you i mean even if you're around for since last citizen con they promised all of these features many of which i would say probably most of which are still not in the game they said they were going to be in the game by now so yeah if you just go back one year you're like okay they said they wanted to be in the game and we a lot of promises not usually delivered yeah that said everything they showed looked fantastic it did it made me it made me excited. I'm like, God damn it, if they can pull this off, it's so cool looking. Mm-hmm. I've never gotten excited for hair tech before, but I, <laughs> they made me excited for hair tech. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh. They had ridiculous stuff. They had where if you dye your hair, it'll like, you can choose the length at which, like how long ago you dyed it, you know, so the roots are growing at. It's just okay. like ridiculous stuff that you're like i don't know so like why do they put so much dev time into this like oh my god there was an extremely long panel on hair tech it was like 20 minutes or something (laughs) which is cool but why is like i whatever whatever yeah it's cool when you watch it so it's so bloated it's ridiculous but it's cool i guess so you know neat neato 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 yeah there was um i mean it is 12 hours worth of info too much stuff to to talk about i feel but i think we covered the basics which was oh we didn't we didn't cover the basics the one last thing we need to talk about is server meshing yeah don't know did you see that yep what did you think incredible it was ridiculous the fact that you can transfer between so server meshing to my understanding is basically you've got a room and it could have three different servers that you're passing through um at any given moment so let's let's say it's like a uh an l so the left and the right are uh one server in the middle is another server and you can literally pass from one server over the other and interact with objects on the other side of the room which are in another server and it all works and every the it's physics seamless right there's no latency between it that we know of but yes yeah yeah and it looks insane this is it does this tech is not just star citizen tech it's the tech that will make star citizen work at scale but yeah. you could apply this to any 
large-scale game. You take World of Warcraft, get rid of all the loading scenes in World of Warcraft, get way more players and way less lag in, like, bigger areas. See, when you're raiding a city, you know, you could potentially see all the players raiding that city. Uh, It wouldn't have to, like phase out people and put them in different instances of things or even have instances uh for stuff in the game it's really really crazy take planet side you know you could break up a single map in planet side to multiple servers get better latency get better fidelity with all of the combat support more players it can be applied to any game that you want to do at scale at large scale this tech Mm -hmm. is the holy grail tech for those types of games and it's it, and was it looks cool like they're pulling see. it off i know right we, we only saw it on a small scale yeah i don't want to jump to conclusions and be like it's ready it's here or sure. you know we're on the cusp but we went we might be on the cusp mm-hmm. so can they can they take that small example and scale it up to hundreds of people in an area or whatever on a larger larger uh platform and it yeah. really could be the future for sure 100 percent while that was we, the most exciting thing that came out of that for me personally. I agree as well, because it, it's got implications much further beyond just Star Citizen, right? They're like, we yeah. proved that this could be done because it was all theory up until that moment. And everybody was banking on that theory to be to work, right? They're like, yeah. in theory, we can do this. And if it doesn't, then what happens to We're Star Citizen? We're kind of screwed. Yeah. yeah. So it was a huge moment for Star Citizen players because they're like, oh, thank God, like this isn't all for nothing, you know? yeah um big relief we did have a we did have a dev or two in chat come in and say that this has already been tested at scale and that it works at scale and that what we were seeing is actually not entirely just static server meshing which is supposed to be the first phase of this operation it's partially dynamic server meshing but they didn't quite explain how that works but dynamic server meshing is the end goal of all this tech where the servers can scale and take up different regions as they need to so if say everybody leaves so wild yeah say your org is mining on moon matimio right and there's a hundred people there and the game decides to dedicate a whole server just to your moon and then you guys leave the moon well it goes well i don't need to waste resources just running a moon with nobody on it i can now uh take on another moon like i'll still run that moon but it's not taking up any resources to run the moon so i'll just add another moon i'll bring in stuff and scale dynamically as needed so they're using their servers really efficiently right they're not eating up thousands and thousands of dollars in unnecessary server costs and so that's like the holy grail and apparently some of that tech was running but all of this stuff is giant Egghead, it's big brain stuff. I don't understand it. They could sit there for like three hours. The and idea like, that I don't you can get it. you can fire a round that's on one server, yeah, and it goes into the next room, which is another server, and the other server's like, hey, that's a round, and it will just fly towards the target, and then the in, in, interact with that target, and then you see in the other server the target get hit and move and react is mm-hmm. it's insane. Like I, it is actually incredible. And I think for for people listening now too, because you saw the presentation, you kind of you saw what was happening. But for anybody in there, you would not see the server line. You would not see a threshold. Right. You don't see the threshold. They only right. turned on the bounding box lines so that they could demonstrate it. 
But otherwise, there's nothing to indicate that you were fighting if, with somebody in another mm-hmm. server, and you would never know. There wouldn't be any sort well, of indicator. Well, that's the hope, right? Is that it's yes. completely consistent, and and a lot of times, like let's be real, you're not going to be fighting along the line of a server. It's just so that you can, because for the like, like you said, it'll be an entire moon is the server, right? And so mm-hmm. if they need to scale it down further than that, they can, but. It's going to be allow it so that you can have 100 people and just the one server is trying to just do it in that one region. And then other people that are around that moon are on a different server. So the passing through probably won't be as obvious as that, but it is possible. So, God, yeah. It is possible. Yeah, because the whole idea was like, well, what if I have my gigantic spaceship and me and 50 of my friends are on it? Okay, well, you get like a whole server or half a server that's going to be dynamically dedicated to your ship. And then, okay, what if I land on a planet? Well, the server's still controlling your ship, but everything outside of the ship is a different server. (laughs) It's so ridiculous that they could do that. My brain starts to hurt just thinking about it because I go, somebody had to make this. Like, those poor people, you know? (laughs) But those those guys are like, you look at them and you're like, man, that dude's brain is like, he's on a level that I'm not even aware of, you know? Yep. Yeah. I'm like looking at he's birds and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, pretty bird. And he's like, you peasant, you know? You peasant. You don't know what I've been through. Yeah. But that was the big, uh, you know, Squadron 42 was the, the, the big consumer thing. But the server meshing was like, this is the future of like yep. potentially all gaming. Like, here mm-hmm. it is, guys. Here it is working. Yeah. Well, that was exciting, I man. I it was, was awesome. Uh, I'm still on a high from it, man. I'm still. I can like, tell. Yeah, I mean, it was it was an, like the presentations were phenomenal, and I know it's a lot of copium, and I'm I'm not on the train as much as you, but like I'm on the station, right? Like I'm I'm kind of waiting to get picked up because yeah. I want to I want I want to get on that train. It it the game if they can deliver on everything they're showing, it could truly be a, a next gen experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jason in chat says Bone. There was a an elderly developer in one of the presentations that was just they had to keep yelling at him to like do stuff and it was very (laughs) funny and his name yeah his handle was bone Bone. so they kept being like bone open the do open the thing okay go over here now bone bone go to the thing and like it's just become like this meme now where you're like bone (laughs) bone turn off your he had his flashlight on and you couldn't see the map properly and you're like bone turn turn off your flashlight flashlight. It was, there's lots of good memes that came out of the event for That's sure cute. for sure ah oh, man so i hear uh you've been playing some some spider-man maybe yes i beat it last night bro yeah bro yeah it is one of the best superman or suit not superhero <laughs> yes I'm, I'm getting flustered it was it was so good it was yeah. one of the best superhero games i have ever played ever it was incredible really uh yeah i i loved every everything about it the story was engaging you know it's not gonna like knock your socks off you know with the story but there was you know really great heartfelt moments it was wholesome there was you know some some sad parts here and there characters were well realized uh, everything felt really natural. The way they wove in and got different villains to be introduced and the way everything was connected was really well done. And then the set pieces. Dude, 
I can't even express to you how epic some of these fights were. And the way that it goes from gameplay to like cinematic to gameplay again is all seamless. If there, if Baldur's Gate 3 didn't exist this year, it would be my game of the year. Wow, dude. Yeah. I I loved the game. And that's 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 high praise because like Armored Core came out this year. Like there were some banger titles. I haven't and... seen you this hyped up about a game like even you were very excited about Baldur's Gate but I don't, you it's got probably because like I just played it and like yeah. man dude the fight scenes were just yeah incredible wow. I loved it yeah um how's it so like compared to the the previous Spider-Man so game. it's very similar so the comp that's one one minor critique I guess I could make is that the combat is similar and there's a lot of the similar moves that you're going to be pulling off like in the first game you have like an uppercut and then you can go from uppercut you you know launch them in the air and then you can join them in the air punch them around slam them down all those moves we saw in the first game so there is some treading over the same ground mm -hmm. which was a little unfortunate but it's like how many you know I get it it's um, too much like this other fantastic game. You know? Right, right. <laughs> but they did incorporate other a lot more. So it's a lot more ability based this time. Okay. You have like four different abilities. Then you, So you've got like two wheels. You've got your abilities and then you have your gadgets and you need to weave and use those to come out on top. I was playing on the hardest difficulty that is available at New Game. Um, yeah. New Game Plus adds in or what if they do a new. I think there will be a New Game Plus. Uh, that will add in a higher difficulty. So if you oh, want to wow. do it over again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was challenging at some points, but it wasn't, it really wasn't that bad. You like, you pretty much just had to learn the the fights and this isn't like a dark souls, right? Like you're not gotcha. going to be slamming your face against the wall, trying to figure out some move sets. Once you understand their moves, you're pretty good. Okay. It and, wasn't as hardcore with the timing and stuff or no, okay. no. And if you want to lower the difficulty, you can like, it's okay. You're not stuck you. to like hard. Yeah. No, I like that a lot you, of games are doing that now where they're like, play on the difficulty you want and just switch, this is Spider -Man. switch whenever you want. Yeah. It's meant to be played by everyone, and apparently it is because it sold. It's this is their fastest selling PlayStation game at 2.5 million copies already. Wow! Yeah, fastest it's, selling PlayStation game. I think that's. I thought that was what I saw on Twitter, uh, but I could be wrong. That's Doesn't pretty incredible because I think yeah. it's like got that kind of perfect balance of everybody kind of wants to play it, right? Like yeah. It's Spider-Man. If you like Call of Duty, you probably also like Spider-Man. If you uh -huh. like Minecraft, you probably also like Spider-Man. Like uh, too many people. Is it a PlayStation 4 exclusive? Or a PlayStation PS5? 5. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't, you can't, I PS4, think people are trying to play it on yeah. PS4 and yeah. their, their PS4s are like exploding. I misspoke. So. I think I saw a video of somebody's PS4 on fire. I don't know if yeah. it was a joke. Or, it could have been a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, did Spider-Man just catch that guy's PS4 on fire? I, wow. sure, I sure hope not. Yeah. <clears throat> one thing I really like, and this was true with the first game too, is that one thing is I noticed like when I play a, like a Ubisoft open world game, the open world is like everything. Like you, you go to a location and that location is like just part of the world and that's fine. But what I loved about this is that there's so many cutscenes and there's so many like unique areas that you cannot get to in the actual open world that it makes it feel more believable and it makes it feel more grounded. And I, I I'm not, maybe I'm not articulating myself very well. Wait, so you can't it, get to them in the open world. Is that what you're so saying? You, right. So like you'll go inside the buildings basically. Um, 
I don't know, because uh, Ubisoft game, I just got done playing Assassin's Creed, and I enjoyed it, but it, like, I don't know, it, it felt just kind of like, oh, you just reached a new part of the game, and in this, it felt a little more, like, immersive. Uh-huh. I'm, I don't really, I'm, I'm not doing a good job of um, articulating It felt more natural how you progressed to new natural, areas, yeah. and you didn't yeah. see, like, the the obvious game barriers being like, I can't enter building... X until I complete mission Y and there's nothing I can do to change that or something. Well, not, not necessarily that. It was okay. just the fact that when you <laughs> like in a Ubisoft game, you come across a fortress and you're like, okay, there's a fortress and there's just a bunch of guards standing around. And I don't know. It just, it, it feels very gamey to me. Yeah. Like, you're this, like, why are these guys level? patrolling over here? Nothing's yeah. happening. This is a level. Yeah. This is yeah. a level, but there's an open world around it to make it seem like they're not just levels. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I, I think I just like the more handcrafted um, single player uh, missions that you come across that are more linear, but I, I really liked it. I felt, felt like it fleshed out the world more. Sounds like they had a great, great art direction for it. Oh, they did. Yeah, it was it was gorgeous. There was some graphical stuff. And this is one thing a lot of people, I don't know if you noticed this, there's a lot of people on like Twitter and online who are trying to dunk on Spider-Man and calling it like a, a 3 out of 10, 4 out of 10 because of like graphical bugs and glitches. I did crash twice. So I did okay. have two crashes, but the SSD is so blazing fast that I was back in the game within like 10 seconds. So mm -hmm. it really wasn't that big of a deal. And the while there are a couple of, problems here maybe with graphics where things don't look as good as they maybe could have been in other games it like the game is fantastic there was a there's a, a picture going online of this person who uh was taking photos trying to just um showcase the differences between the first game and this one and one of them was that the trash in uh the a trash can a can was circular in the first game and in this one it's got like a little bit couple, you know, like some jaggedies to it, right? It's like, is this really <laughs> what we're complaining about? You know, like, you know what you should do with Spider-Man 2? Just throw it in that trash can now because those <laughs> trash graphics are just trash, man. Like, are you kidding me? Like, who's going up to the trash cans? Like, that is very funny. Yeah, because as yeah. if anybody has even paid any attention to the trash yeah. inside the trash can. Yeah. And you it know what? Like Maybe that trash was better optimized than the second one. Maybe the first right. game, they're like, whoa, we made our trash way too high poly it's sucking performance out of the game that's why it's not running as smoothly we just lower the trash geometry it'll run better and then people are like oh trash man nowhere near and then you as had good people complaining that you couldn't you couldn't go on the subway or eat like a, a, a hot dog i'm like this is this isn't grand theft auto right <laughs> like this is spider-man you're, yeah. you're supposed to like fly around the city this like Every, yeah. every game doesn't need to be this grand expansive. I, I think they're just complaining for the internet uh, attention, yeah. right? Because and, why else would you complain about a fantastic game? See, the thing is, is that I don't want to try to diminish people's legitimate critiques, right? If people do are it, having... Do it. If people... Well, I'm going to say something. Yeah. Okay. Um, if people are having legitimate issues with bugs and glitches, then those concerns need to be heard, and that's a problem. Um, if people have problems, you know, with the story, I know some people had problems with the story, they didn't like it, or they, you know, they just, just didn't mesh with them, and that's fine. Yeah. I'm not saying, like, if you didn't like the game, your opinion is wrong, your opinion is your own, just the same with mine, yours is no better or less or worse or anything. Okay, that said, 
the internet has so much rage bait. I cannot <laughs> tell the difference between a genuine opinion and just someone trying to gain uh, engagement. I can't. Yeah, yeah. I legitimately can't anymore. I like, always you... assume it's rage bait unless it's actually related to game stopping bugs or or yeah. major failures from the graphics. Just like what's happening here? They're glitching out or something. But otherwise, it's like. What are you talking about? If the game's like really good, how much are you going to complain about it? You know, right? But it's too much, man. I mean, there's entire YouTube channels and things built around rage baiting people now. With yeah. like this game sucks, and so it's it's upsetting because yeah, I I I like to have conversations and dialogue, but I also it's like I I can't decipher if this is legitimate, genuine opinion or not. Like, are you just doing this so you can get more clicks? And I I hate that. Everything just feels so fake a lot of times. And I'm, I just, I mean, I'm fake too. I get it, but. No, I mean, you're, you're more, you give your honest opinion out there. I mean, you're not sponsored by Spider-Man right now. To no, I'm not. Say no. good things about the game. You enjoyed it. You legitimately had fun with it. Can, yeah. I can hear it in your voice, you know? Um, yeah, it's hard to, it's honestly, it's hard to give good criticism. And even sometimes when you feel like you're giving good criticism, people are like, you're just whining. So the whole culture of feedback, critique, raging, it all gets kind of swirled up together and then it becomes hard to give feedback. And yeah. last week we were talking about sort of the Starfield review world too, where like all the initial reviews were like, it's amazing, nine out of 10, all this stuff. And it's like, mm -hmm. that's sort of the safe route to take initially. And you can get clicks and views if you're like 10 out of 10, you know, 9.5 out of 10, Starfield's the best game ever. People are gonna click on those articles and read them. And now it's like kind of the, the new factor has worn off a bit and you're like, hmm, maybe some of these reviewers didn't feel that way or maybe they wrote the article within they, the first 10 did, hours but... of playing. Yeah. You know, because yeah. the first 10 hours were fun and then it, you know, you know kind of died down after that. Yeah. It is interesting though to watch review culture, but it sounds like Spider-Man 2 is getting the attention and general reception that it deserves with like yeah. a few outliers out there, you know? Yeah. I'm sure there are people that didn't like it genuinely. I'm not trying to diminish that, but for me and a lot of people um, that I've talked to that played it, loved it. Uh, it's their game of the year, and I can absolutely see why, because it was it was fantastic. It was honestly one of the best games of 2023. I'm going to have to check for it out. Is uh, Can... Will it scare a six-year-old? Is it too violent? There are some freaky moments. Um, okay. So, like not Green to get into Goblin spoilers. is creepy or something? Uh, lizard, lizard, um, lizard, alligator man. So yeah, um, there's moment. It, it's it's kind of stepping into a little bit of horror. Like the the, the mood okay. gets into it. Um, there's like a technically a jump scare. It's not really a jump scare, but like I'm not a six year old and I don't I don't yeah. really know. Um, I've seen some of the previous games and when the alligator guy's chasing you around, it's kind of freaky a little bit. I could it could scare a kid. Yeah, it could scare a kid a little bit, but it's still Spider Man and it's made for a wide audience, so I wouldn't be t like you know. I wouldn't worry too much about it. I think you could probably enjoy it, but I I don't know. Cool. Hey, yeah. I got my um my racing wheel. We were talking about nice. last week. Yeah, yeah. How's that going? Uh, I didn't have time to set it up this weekend because of Citizen Con. I was just like exhausted, <laughs> but it does look yeah. cool. I opened it up. And I'm <laughs> it like, looks oh. great. <laughs> I'm excited. We'll get it's some racing pretty. going. Yeah. You might want to check out that WRC 
game. I don't think it's out yet, but it's like it's like the successor to Dirt or something, okay. which is like rally rate that crazy rally racing where you drive through a forest at like 100 miles an hour and hope you don't hit a tree. Okay. Do you know World what I'm talking about? Championship. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know what rally is. Yeah. Yeah. Looks cool. It's a different type cool. of racing, but um, looks really challenging. Like you have to know the turn callouts, or you're going to die, basically. Oh, you're going to fly off. Yeah. I, those people are built literally built different. The fact that they can drive around at those insane speeds with just a dude on their right being like, all right, you're going to want to turn left soon and now and right. Okay. <laughs> like it's mind blowing. Yeah. And then they race on the side of a cliff. So you're, yeah. they're like, if you don't get the turn right, we're going hundred feet down that way or 200 feet down there. You know, you're just yeah. like, but they pack them in there, dude. They got like bubble wrap around those guys. They just like, Go tumbling down a hill, and then they look at each other and like, "You all right?" And it's like, "Yeah, I'm all right." And you're yeah, just like, I'm "You all just, right, Steve." <sighs> you just rolled thirty times down a hill at like fifty miles an hour, dude. And mm -hmm. you're you're cool with? Okay. They're built for it, but still scary. Yeah, that's. I mean, I can see how people would get to like formula racing or NASCAR racing or whatever, because you're like, yeah, it's kind of a general progression, and there is danger, but you're not. You don't think you're gonna die. I look at rally <laughs> racing and I go, I think those people the are gonna die. Just... <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So, so Matt, have you heard Battlefield's back? Battlefield's back. We talked about this last week, but we did, I don't but know it was how. Early. It was early. How is it still going? I actually was... don't know either. I mean, I, I have my higher. theories. Yes. It went higher. I actually want to check right now. So it's at 17,000, peak 94,000. Mind-blowing, dude. Yeah. Absolutely mind-blowing. So we talked about it a little bit last week, but for a recap for anybody who's like, what's going on? Basically, Battlefield 2042, the black sheep of the franchise at this moment, you know, worst launch ever. It's player count tanked to like 3,000, even less you were playing when there's 900 people online, you said. Yep. Game was dead, right? Like EA was trying to support it, but it was like trying to revive a dead horse. You know, you're just like, all right, guys, good luck with that. Yeah. They kept with it. They kept adding content slowly, but mostly it was quality of life features, improving a lot of the gameplay mechanics and just making it something that they shouldn't be embarrassed by. Uh-huh. I think they got it there. Uh, they released a incredible map with the last season. Uh, one of my favorite maps for not only not just the game, but it's one of my favorite CQB maps in a Battlefield game. It's a very, very good map. Then they made the game free to play for the weekend, and they put the game on sale for $10. I don't know if it's still on sale. The sale might have ended, but it was a pretty long $10 sale. So yeah, anyone who was liked it could buy the game for 10 bucks, basically. And then probably word of mouth started kicking in too, right? Yeah. And so people just got on and we we're like, everybody's like, well, free to play weekend numbers, right? It's great that it skyrocketed and hit like 102,000, 101,000 players over the weekend. But Monday rolls around and everybody's going to stop playing. And those free to play yeah. players once are it, gone. Once it's back, once it's back yeah. to being, it costs something. Yeah. That's what, that's what I assumed. Yeah. And then a week later, it goes to 107,000. Yeah, and not just, and it wasn't just like oh another weekend surge. It was 
across the week. We're hitting 97,000, 99,000 players just on regular weekdays. And you're like, these not, then it was putting in higher numbers than Call of Duty. And you're like, yeah, what's happening right now, guys? My, I made a video about it and I brought up a quote from the, the manager of the studio who took over after 2042 launched to try and fix everything. And she talked Uh about building a lean team that could pivot as needed and fail fast and kind of like get the benefits of what indie devs have, which is like, Oh, something's happening right now. We need to react to it. We need to respond, change the thing where big studios Uh are like, okay, let's do that in like eight months from now when our schedules clear up. Well, now that they got this massive player base, which I guarantee you they had no idea was coming. No, there's no way. They probably thought they're going to see a little surge, but the previous free-to-play weekends were like 30,000 players. Right. They're probably expecting something similar to that because... Not not triple that. Yeah, because prior to launching this DLC, the player base was in a steady decline from the last Mm -hmm. DLC. You know, it was getting pretty low. Yeah. So, because it went from like six seven thousand concurrent to like a hundred thousand concurrent which is insanity <laughs> it's true insanity so now i'm like well you have the player base you want there's probably a bunch of these people that are buying cosmetics buying the season pass putting a little bit of money into the game can you guys pivot can you whip up another season of content can you get it ready to go in another three months or or is this it? Is I this, doubt they can pivot that quickly. Is this all she wrote for Battlefield 2042? It would be the Battlefield 5 situation all over again, which is... My guess is that know. they might bring another piece of content in... Because I, this, this, I think this season is 16 weeks, right? So it's a little... Okay, it's almost a bit, four it's a months. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. So my guess is that if they did bring anything, it would be obviously beyond that. But like maps from what I've heard, take upwards of like half a year to like eight months to develop, right? So that's the big content that everyone wants. Yeah, Yeah, to have a couple new weapons here and there is great. But that's like the meat of a game, I feel, is maps. Like that really adds the biggest variety and that's what changes things up. And that's what people are really looking for. And so if they want to capitalize on that, it's either they had something in the works or we're going to have to be waiting a while for whatever to come out. And then at that point, the player base has probably already died down significantly. My hope is that we do get something. And my hope is that the player base stabilizes at something that isn't, we're not going to be at a hundred thousand. It's going to probably die down, but hopefully it stabilizes mm-hmm. and they can ride that momentum into the next, into the next game. That's what I'm hoping too. But I have a hard time imagining that the next game launches anywhere before holiday 2024. <laughs> Right, so right. that's a pretty long time. That is a while. I mean, it's for a year. no for potentially no content or like very light content. You know, they might like yeah. relaunch some some game mode stuff. You know, which let's be honest, the well actually the 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 game mode that they've talked about does look kind of interesting. Surprised we haven't gotten it yet because it's almost Halloween and we still haven't seen it. Yeah, uh, maybe who knows? Maybe they're just waiting for a specific day or something. Maybe don't they do it on Tuesdays or something? It could be coming out Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, we might be talking about it, and it could already be and it out. could already be out. Yeah, it could be out already. But uh, they were getting a little flack from it. I saw there was kind of like some people were like yay, some people were like nay because 
COD does zombies and this new Dark Creations something. I think I don't know. I don't know what it's called. I forgot what it's called, but it's basically like their 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 bio soldier version of a zombie type character. It seems is gonna like come yeah. out and you're gonna have to fight these crazy zombie type things. Yeah, I think it looks cool. I think it's a fun way to mix it up. Obviously, I don't want it to be a central focus for how Battlefield is designed, but it compared to all of the last seasonal content custom modes, like it's way more interesting. Like they just had ones where it was like, place this beacon in this circle. Now yeah. wait. This is a conquest, while. but slightly different. Yeah, none of it was like exciting. You're just like, you've just done yeah, you've just named it something else and yeah. changed one tiny variable and you're like, it's new. Yeah. You're like, not really, but okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so, hard though to make new game modes. I appreciate them trying. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying is this one is very different. So I'd rather have mm -hmm. very different than here's kind of a slight Do you think it's going to be AI or do you think they're going to be players? I think it's going to be AI. Okay. Do you think it would be like, um, what is it called? Infection where yeah, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. That could, that could be cool too. I don't know if I'm as into infection style stuff, but you have to get the mechanics down right for infection to be fun. I feel it has to be fun for both sides. Cause if you just are like this, I run at you and I swing my, my melee attack button and I have no other cool abilities. Well then infection kind of sucks once you become the infected, but if yeah. you get like cool jump abilities and yeah, you're flying I can, around I can the map, fly and throw down a, a, a smoke screen and then yep. I hear you did you ever play the um alien vs predator games no but i do know what you're referring to they're yeah. the cat and mouse of it all yeah yeah they had some very fun mechanics because they're trying to balance marines and predators and aliens all in the same environment <laughs> it's gotta be ridiculously of course, challenging of course it didn't balance like the predator had some sort of auto lock-on weapon that was just <laughs> like if you just die yeah. Oh, no, wait. The Marines had a smart gun. They had like a gauze rifle or something, and it would okay. just detect targets, and you just pull the trigger and they'd die. You know, it was pretty yeah. funny. But the aliens were really fun to play because they could like leap across the maps. They could run on any surface. So you're running across a bridge as a Marine, the aliens on the bottom side of the bridge. You know, it's just cool stuff. You can do all this yeah. cool stuff. And if you get a good land, you can just like bite somebody's head off right there and it's like it's kind of satisfying and then you jump away and all his friends are like ah shooting at you and you like scurry into some bushes and then like ambush on the next guy and it's like that's one of the few games where you're kind of the pouncer that i really enjoyed you know or i felt like there's a, a significant skill curve to make it fun. there's been other games that have like, like you said call of duty i think warzone may even have a mode right now where if you get taken out you're not your squad isn't eliminated from warzone you uh, turn into a zombie and you can go out and attack other players and jump around and apex legends has their mode where you can literally like fly through the air and leap and bound and everywhere so it's possible that they're doing that for i think you're probably right though now that we've seen like the were they leak screenshots i don't know i saw some screenshots and it's like oh okay they actually are doing zombies because there is they mm -hmm. have the ai technology yeah i didn't think they were going to do it i didn't think there was going to be zombies because you'd have to develop the the zombies right yeah. and I, did, I figured that would take a while but battlefield's ai is actually quite good i think it's one of those things that people don't give them that much credit for because 
for the most part, I don't really want it in my multiplayer yeah, game. Yeah, I don't want it in the multiplayer either. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. when you have to actually look at how it performs, you're like, that's pretty good for a multiplayer AI in like a 64 player server or 128 yeah. player server. You're like, whoa, that's competent. They're moving kind of realistically. They're they're returning fire in a way that feels uh fairly competitive but they're not too aggressive so that you're they're not just laser beaming you down and they're like see our ai is good and you're like no it just has laser beam code programmed into its aiming right <laughs> laser beams right if you can get ai to feel good i just think it's impressive what they've done with their ai so they probably want to show that off a bit more and be like here's our zombie ai like yeah it could be get ready to get like wave swarmed what if they what if they bump it up to 128 but it's like 32 versus like was it Dude, 96 like, zombies? That's the, thing, that's the thing is I want it to be overwhelming, right? I want you yeah. to actually have to like, I hate it when it starts off. It's like really easy. You're taking a couple zombies here and there. Mm -hmm. And then by the end, like the first 30, like the last 30 seconds is when it gets nuts. Like, no, I want this thing to be nuts from like, make yeah. it hard. You yeah. know, I got, I know it needs to be accessible, but um, I like I think, it when it's I think challenging. Left 4 Dead really hit that formula right where you're, you're making your way through a level and multiple instances through the level the swarm comes, you know, and then you're just like, oh crap, like everybody get together, start communicating right. really tightly. Like if we right. mess this up, we're all getting eaten, you know, and like yeah. they, they really did that formula well. And then they throw the the hero class in there to screw up all your plans, yeah. right? And then just, yeah, just giant ball of uh, <laughs> zombie just explodes on your entire team and everyone flies everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Those are good times. I'm, I'm surprised that uh, Left 4 Dead hasn't had like an official remake. Well, we got Back for Blood, which was which is yeah. fine. I enjoyed Back for Blood. Was that the same devs that did it? I think a lot of people, the, a lot of the devs original went to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's cool. It's a, it's a little bit more of a controversial game because a lot of people were hoping that it was going to be a Left 4 Dead 3, and it didn't really hit the same highs. But I thought it was fun. It was a good game. It's you know it's a zombie game. You know it's, it's whatever. It's fun. Yeah. Shooting zombies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Matt is a Twitch streamer. Anything? Yes. Anything interesting going on in your world? Ah, it's such. A, it's so good that you brought this up. It's almost as if we have a little. Uh, uh, never mind. Uh, yes. So, uh, <laughs> TwitchCon just happened, and one of the big announcements is that you can simultaneously cast on all platforms now, even if you're a partner. So, um, if you're on Twitch and you have your your partner, uh, before you could only exclusively. Uh, live stream there uh, but now you can do youtube you can do facebook mm -hmm. you can do it all all at once and that really uh it doesn't surprise me because it felt like it kind of was going that way and i think that they're trying to maybe um they didn't do it because they're nice let's be yeah. real about that yeah they did it because there's a bunch of competitors trying to steal all their top streamers right now right they're like hey you can still stream on those other platforms but you know please still stream on our platform right because mm -hmm. if, if if all of a sudden they're sniping them because of exclusivity, well, this is now going to be like, well, I could already just stream on your platform and mm -hmm. I can stream on theirs. Like, why would I want exclusivity now? So I, I can kind of see why they're doing that. Yeah, but it's good. I think that's I think that's smart for especially smaller streamers. There's there really shouldn't be any reason why you're not on every single platform now. Yeah. Um, if you can do it. Yeah. Are you so, going to start? I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, the one, the one thing is that it could split up your, your viewer base a little bit. And one of the things that is a little tricky with Twitch is if you, you want to have like 
a higher viewer count because that's literally all it counts for discoverability in that. Like, are you hired on the directory? If not, well, you're going to have a harder time, right? Yeah. Um, so if you are splitting that a little bit, it could be a little bit harder to, to get that discovered. But it also could bring you in a new audience, right? So if you get discovered on YouTube because of your live streams, then, then they come to Twitch. Yeah. yeah, right. Or, yeah. So, well, how many of your Twitch viewers do you think would be like, I prefer to watch him on YouTube? I will be switching, right? Because they have their mm -hmm. subscriber, their timelines, right? Like they have their tiers of subscription stuff. A lot of those people yeah. aren't going to want to leave and lose that and true and kind of start over on a different platform. So, right. Maybe it would just be like growing a new audience elsewhere and your current audience is still there and now you have another audience. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think um, I think there's people don't realize how much money the VOD of a successful stream can make. So mm. like after the stream is over and YouTube just puts it out there and runs ads on it, uh -huh. if that stream has good engagement where people just show up and start watching for 10, 20, 30 minutes, they start promoting that stream video a lot because they're like, whatever this guy's doing in the stream is bringing eyeballs and all of a sudden your stream just gets pushed out there in the algorithm uh -huh. and all of a sudden you're like whoa why did my stream just make tons of money i like <laughs> i streamed that weeks ago but every now and then i have like a rogue stream that for whatever reason youtube is like this stream is amazing this is great you should I, watch it dude i had one stream with morphologist who's a star citizen content creator and mm -hmm. I think we played for, I don't know, maybe three hours or something like that. And I just called it like Star Citizen Adventure. It wasn't a fantastic, <laughs> the intro wasn't good. The like, it was all us just trying to set up tech stuff and like get things working properly. And then we kind of went out and did some exploring and it was fine. There was bugs, whatever. It wasn't like an over the top crazy stream. But for whatever reason, YouTube was like, peep, the retention on it was insane. I don't, people uh -huh. were watching it for like an hour. I didn't, I don't know, I don't know why. But they just, I mean, that's, that's pushed the thing it about and live it got streams. insane views. And all of a sudden, I'm like, right. where's, why is this thing making so much money and getting me so many views? It was just a random live stream that I decided to do one day. The algorithm. I know, <laughs> dude. I know. Well, yeah, if you come over to YouTube, you got it. You're slave to the algorithm again. I mean, you kind of yeah. are on Twitch. To an extent, but not, not as hard as YouTube. YouTube is very algorithmy. They re it really is. Yeah. Uh, do you do ads run during the live stream? I tend to turn them off. Um, like but I you, didn't. But can can you like? Because on Twitch, what I do um, is that I'll wait for like each hour. I'll wait for a moment in like where we have some downtime. So like in Spider-Man, yeah, right? you can do that you, on you, YouTube. You've got to travel from point A to point B. It's like, well, I'm going to run my ad break right now because, you know, help support the channel and you're not literally missing out on anything. Yeah. Auto ads, I don't like for live streaming. I think that, that that's awful because like, <laughs> especially with Spider-Man, imagine you're watching like a huge climactic moment and an ad plays like that sucks, right? right so right. I wouldn't want that to happen. So you can you can do that yeah, manually you, though. Yeah, you have all the options. So you can okay. turn them off, run no ads, and then just have YouTube auto place ads after the stream, yeah. so that you can have your ad <laughs> placement when people watch it back as a vod. Mm -hmm. You can manually insert the ads during the stream, and then either use that ad placement for the vod as well, or have YouTube just or auto calculate the yeah. ads. Um, or you can just let it automatically. There's supposed to be a smart ad placement where it can somehow read user engagement at different times and figure out when to place it. But 
who knows how that works um okay so yeah they have lots of options there which is nice um cool i can't speak to the overall features of youtube streaming as a platform i know the quality is good but you know it's just a different platform you might have to structure your stream a little bit like maybe it would make sense to cut off edit off the intro of your stream right because you have a little bit of like warm-up time right where it's like your chair you sitting in your chair reading your book oh yeah 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 like i I don't think that would be that bad no but youtube might give you the tools to like cut the front off oh and just and just start this yeah because vods are based on retention right so if people get into your video and they're they're like oh do i have to like find where it starts that's gonna hurt the retention metric Ah. then they don't promote your vod as much it's just watch the video I know, but believe Come me, on, I, wish I, I wish I didn't have to do all this stuff, but it's all yeah. algorithm stuff nowadays, yeah. you know? No, you I, have, I hear you. It's a science, man. You screw up the algorithm and YouTube's just like, your video dies, man. Sorry. So, you spent, well, yeah. Long story short, it's it's good for Twitch. It's good for content creators. This is something that should have been the case a long time ago, and it's great to see. So I think, you know, Twitch is, is, is doing some things that are right, and I want to congratulate them when they do it. And yeah. here we are. It's nice to see something good happening on the platform for a change because yeah. it feels like years and years of yeah. them being like they've got a new CEO now. Oh. And he seems to be he seems to be like a little bit more down to earth. And so okay. keep my fingers crossed that that's ind- indicative of of positive things in the future. That's really good. A lot of new CEOs these days, man. New <laughs> yeah. uh New Blizzard CEO coming up soon, new (laughs) Unity CEO, new Twitch CEO. It's so weird that we're getting new CEOs. I can't imagine why. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy, man. Well, that's good. Um, Yeah, I'm excited to see. If you start streaming on YouTube, we can, I can send you people. We can start sending people viewers, man. Okay. Like, like rating? Like, okay. Yeah. Yep. That is, I will say that's one thing that I don't like as much in YouTube is you have to pre-approve like a channel that you want to rate. Yeah, it's kind of a weird system. It's supposed to be more secure so that people can't abuse it or something. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I like it better. I like just being able to be like, who's streaming right now? Who's Go on? There. Yeah. 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 <sighs> Neat. yeah. So I haven't done anything else this week. What is Endless Dungeon, Matt? Uh, I mean, I play all the games, so I'm down to talk about all the games. Uh, Endless Dungeon is a brand new, I believe it's 1.0 update. I think it, I think it, I think it just came out. Um, I don't think, I think it's feature complete and it's kind of like a Hades where it's top down and you, it's roguelike and you go into a place, but the difference to it is it's, it's, it's like a tower defense too. So you have different generators. There's three different resources. You've got food, you have science, and then engineering or industry, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, one of them allows you to, to research new turrets. So you, there, you'll find like a node that allows you to research turrets. Do um, You have another one that allows you to actually put the turrets down. So that's your resource for that. And the other one is for your character's upgrades. You have bunch of different characters some of them are going to be dps there's like tanks sort of healer-esque or support characters and it's very co-op focused um you basically need to play this game in co-op to really enjoy it that's so really cool i could see myself losing hours to this dude oh my yeah. god this looks fun and addicting yeah. it's cool and what i liked about it is that because it's so team-oriented 
and you have these, it's, it's, it's like a tower defense at the same time. You really have to manage your, your resources. Like, well, we could spend a lot on a couple of turrets right here to defend this area and defend our, I think a, it was called like the crystal. Uh, you have to make mm -hmm. sure that it doesn't die and you have to make sure you don't die. Those okay. are the, that's like, like that'll end the game, right? If, if either you or the crystal gets taken out. So you can put those resources down and defend it, or you can save it for later on. Like you can have rounds and you can, you can like to get to the very end can take hours, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it can take a while. And so those resources by the end could be very valuable and you might want to hold on okay. to them. So it's really so, about learning when to like cash in basically. It's like, yeah, it can be. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to be too frugal, but you yeah. also don't want to just overindulge early on because then that can that can screw yeah. you up later on it's cool i am I like impressed it. by the continuation and evolution of the tower defense genres you know mm -hmm. because i've lost hours to all the dumb little early tower defense games and then the evolutions and then this is like a cool co-op looking thing with all kinds of fun economy stuff built into it like yeah it looks cool man like yeah. The the one thing that I will say is that I, I could see it getting a little repetitive because they while always each, do. Yeah. Yeah. Each level is unique and there's multiple levels. So there's three, there's you go you go deeper and deeper in this like tower thing, right? You just keep yeah. going down, down, down. And then the first so the first one has three different options that can lead to other three options, which can lead to three other options. And then I think there's a final core at okay. the end. Yeah. So like there's a lot of variance on how you can if you want a different experience, there's diff there's actually bosses yeah. that you fight. So there's different boss battles and things. So there is variety, but there isn't for your actual character. I found that there wasn't a lot of variance and like you can upgrade your character. So like in Hades, you can yeah. get some really cool upgrades and yeah. that can actually like change your play style a bit. And this it's like you do a little bit more oh. damage or you well, like reload a, a little bit faster. So that's how it's a roguelike is they just change it a little bit, but not a lot. No, well, well roguelike just means that when you die, you, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's it. You lose all progress. Okay. But I think, I think roguelite is that you carry some progress over in the sense where you get like, uh, minerals or you get like a resource yeah. and that resource allows you to then upgrade your character. So the next time you go in, you're slightly more powerful and you yeah. can use the knowledge I, of your I previous ones plus that power. I'm used to the genre kind of giving you, so you, you keep replaying it, right? You die, uh -huh. you didn't make it. Okay, let's try again. But you get different options. Like in Hades, I like that you get all these different ways, right? In, in Hades, you can't necessarily try the exact same thing you did before because you just might not get the same abilities, right? Before right. you were lightning sword guy. And this time you're like, well, I'm going to get the sword again. And you're like, well, I didn't find any lightning power. Well, now I'm, I'm, I don't know, bomb sword guy or whatever it is. And right? that's, that's similar to this too. Yeah. Because you don't know what weapons you're going to get when you're inside. That, that is, that is also true here, but it doesn't feel as fleshed out as something like Hades really has set the bar very high. Yeah. Is Hades 2 out yet? I, they no. announced it. Yeah. They've announced it. It's going to be an early access, so it's not going to be a 1.0 or anything, but yeah, uh, it's not out yet. Okay. I, I can't wait because the first game was, was that phenomenal. So good. Yeah. 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 So it's good. I, I, I liked Endless Dungeon. I, I enjoyed my time, but I could also see where people could find it to be a bit repetitive. But I think it'd be way more fun with friends because I played with a bunch of randos and that was, it was fun. It was, yeah. it was cool. But 
it would be, I think it'd just be a lot more enjoyable to play with buddies mm-hmm. and be like, okay, we're now we're going to really set up our turrets and, and making call outs and moving around the map. I yeah. find what always turns me off to the tower defense games eventually, like I always love them, like at the start, you know, when yeah. you're like trying to figure out your strategies is that there's usually like one or two optimal strategies and then you just kind of always end up going that Using route at the, the end. same ones. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, let's just do the thing that worked, you know, that works. Yep. And then it's always yep. the same thing where when you mentioned that it was a roguelike, I was like, okay, well now you can't do the same thing every time, but it's, and you can't. Okay. So the, remember how I said you need to be able to, you have to research your turrets. So Mm -hmm. you will go to a station and there'll be three different options and three different turrets that you can get. And all of them will be, and it's randomized. So you might not get that cool setup that you had before you have to adapt. So there is that in terms of a variance. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm excited. I think it's good. I think it's solid. Did I check it out? Uh, I mean, if you want, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm probably gonna look at Forza first, man. <laughs> you should, Forza you with first. Your wheel. Yeah, I have been playing um a little bit with my VR, my new Oculus, man. Uh, was I talking about Vital VR last week? I don't know if I was. Uh, a little bit, I, th- I think so. Yeah, a little bit of Vital VR. Okay, yeah, yeah, I've been trying FPS games in VR too. It's very interesting. I'm still not. I don't know if I'm still yet sold on the whole concept yet, but. It's like, I, I, it's almost tangible. It's right there. And I'm like, if this just had a little bit more of that and a little bit more of this, I do feel my body getting less sick when I play, which is oh, that's good. Good. It's like, I'm adapting. My brain's like, oh, this old thing again, you know, and I put it mm-hmm. on and yep. then I go, oh, okay, I'm not feeling quite as sick as I was last you have to get time. your VR legs. Yeah. I hate that. That's an entry requirement for the experience though, because yep. You put it on, a, you get sick to your stomach. You're like, well, I'm never putting that on again. Yeah, your body inherently wants to avoid the thing that makes it feel bad. Yeah. So I wonder how many people just stop there. Tons. And yeah, right, right. And some people, I don't know where I am in the spectrum of motion sickness, right? I, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a spectrum. Some people don't have it. Some people are super motion sick. And then I think some people are average. I'm probably average, but... If somebody's super motion sick, it's like, it's a no-go, right? They're like, yeah, no, yeah. I would never this do is a, that. This is impossible. Yeah. So it's hard to see it ever becoming mainstream on the level of other stuff because you pick up an Xbox controller. Well, anyone can pick up an Xbox controller, right? You're in, yep. There's games for everybody on Xbox. Anybody can try it out and have fun with it. And you're not going to get sick playing um a, a tower defense game right like right you just find the game that you like but vr is sort of it's a little trickier because you can get motion sick in almost all vr games uh but I, the flying ones were cool man that i'm impressed with how they handle some of it and how much i've been learning about modern jet combat targeting systems and stuff it's are you wh- are you using your joysticks no so it's pretty cool it's i didn't think that this would work but you get your two little handheld wands or whatever and then you kind of find a resting spot like on your lap or something so you're not holding your hands up like an idiot you know and just be like my arms are tired Yeah. yeah uh so you find a resting spot and then you reach around in your cockpit and you control your mfds i'm sorry you reach around on your cockpit keep going Nice, nice. I get that. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you you do a reach around on your cock 
pit, Matt, and then you you hit the buttons on the MFDs, and basically it gives you full jet fighter like interactivity, and you're like manipulating the little cameras and screens and targeting things, and then you can like launch a missile based on real targeting systems. It just feels like you're really in control, and then uh, the sticks do count as your throttle on the left and then positional on the right. And it, it works surprisingly well. And because you have that depth perception and a real sense of speed because it's VR, I feel like my ability to plan a turn or turn into something that might be a more complex maneuver is a little bit more precise because I can judge distance and speed more accurately with the VR cool. headset on. Yeah. And you can go like this. You can look behind yourself and you can see see a missile coming in and know which way to oh, that's turn wild. and like try and that's dodge wild. it while missile 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 yeah basically I played, I played i played ace combat and it was like missile just 24 missile 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 yeah i want to try ace combat but it looks insane it just it looks is insane so insane i'm like this yeah. game looks neat and then all of a sudden it's like full anime scenes and i'm like what's happening oh, right 100 percent. it gets bonkers <laughs> yeah it's such a weird mashing of worlds where I'm like, I like F F-18s and like jet fighters. And then they're like, what about anime guys shooting laser beams? I'm like, that's weird. I mean, I like that, but I don't know if it's I like fun, it though. with my, yeah. Maybe I'll it's try the next time. one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It might, it might irk me, but well, I'm, I'm glad still you're feeling better about it. Yeah, I'm continuing down the VR path. I want to try some of the racing in VR, but uh, we'll and see. And I got the wheel too, so I put, know. Put, put, put two and two together. Well, I've been watching videos on these guys with these Ooh. sim setups. I've been watching oh, videos yeah? about guys, Matt. And, um, you know, guys that spend like 10, 15 grand on like a racing sim setup. And you're like, well, where's that money go? And then they've got all these hydraulic pistons and stuff that like lift their chairs up and they're like racing and they're like getting thrown around like, <laughs> like you're like oh that's cool you know they go off the road it's cool but well i don't know one guy that some dude in russia built his like his own custom thing he built it himself he like programmed every little aspect of it and this guy came over to test it out because who's like a big sim enthusiast and was just like this is the best sim thing i've ever tried ever seen and i he was trying to explain it in a way but he was like i can feel the rear tires slipping as i go around a turn in this because of like how the guy set it up with like all these extra little wow i don't know what it was but he was like wow. this is wild i know exactly when to like ease off or when exactly i'm gonna lose grip on this because of like this extra stuff he added and i was like oh that's sounds really cool i mean That's i'm not nuts. at that level you know i'm just like i'm you know i'm still keyboard and mouse practically but it's uh it looks cool i'm trying so, to so when, when are we gonna back. see that uh making its way into your man cave matt i'll go dedicated race streamer with you if you go dedicated race streamer with me okay <laughs> let's, let's drop all the money you just, you just get say the word matt and we're gonna say completely the word we're doing it reinvent together. our entire careers and channels and we'll just be like we'll go pro with racing, race man. race streamers yeah yeah i wish those guys did better because I was watching a dude that was like world record, you know, it's like, watch me set the world record in like rally racing. And I was like, that was cool. And it's like 30,000 views on YouTube. I'm like, oh, 
Like that should be yeah, a million it's, it's views. A lot, it's you a know? lot more niche. It's, yeah, it's, it's like significantly more niche. When the best player in the world is like not that well recognized, you're like, oh, that's that's sad. Because racing is really cool. I don't know why sim racing isn't bigger. Maybe it will get bigger. I feel like racing's on the way up right now in terms of it popularity. is. It's becoming more popular. Yeah, for sure. There's uh, the Netflix Formula show. I think really brought it over to brought formula anyway over to the u.s a bit more where before it's indycar and nascar over here and Uh formula is like all around the world you know it's like yeah they try and do it like soccer where they're like we'll go to every country and race in every country yeah Yeah. no i I, i've I've, a lot more people seem to be talking about it yeah so you just let me know and we'll spend 10 15 grand maybe Co- on our co- super copious amounts of money yeah sure yeah, Why not? Well, yeah. we need the wraparound displays okay oh, you of need course three monitors yeah. that are 45 100%. inches curved i'm just gonna we- make it it's gonna be a pod actually actually what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna get a car frame and then that's gonna be the people and do then that. A, like all the i know i know yeah. and then the windows <laughs> are screens yeah it's freaking madness dude yeah, there's 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 one from a YouTuber called uh, Nubifier who does crazy sim stuff, and uh-huh. he got this new one in where like I swear the seat is like three feet off the ground, and there's like eight pistons all around it, and he's it's like you got to climb into it with a step stool or something. It looks like he's gonna blast off. <laughs> it just looks insane. I'm like, how much? I don't want to know how much this was. The, it look it comes in a crate, you know, the size of like a giraffe or something you know, you're like, <laughs> it's just massive that's awesome it does look cool i i start i start watering at the mouth you know when i see that kind of gear i'm like i need it i need to just drop tons of money on something that i'm going to do like once a week yeah <laughs> but it's you know it's, it's, it's a passion project right 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 honey yeah <clears throat> i was um i was showing natalie my wife uh a clip from the star citizen stream because uh the stream had ended and there was mm-hmm. nowhere to watch it other than my stream because i hadn't re-uploaded this stuff on youtube yet or whatever uh-huh so i was just showing her a little clip of the server meshing tech because i was like this is really cool like this is the future of gaming you know and she entertains me for a few few minutes before she's yeah. just like she pats I don't care. On the head. yeah she's like that's nice honey but uh-huh. during that clip I'm I was co-hosting with Salty Mike and we were just chatting about stuff and um oh it wasn't server meshing it was the intro clip and they show the the Carrick flying by and I go oh that's that's that was the first really expensive ship that I bought in the game uh and my wife's like how much was it I was like I don't know I don't remember uh, I don't you know, remember when I say no. really expensive it was probably like five dollars or something like that <laughs> how much was it like four hundred dollars, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a little embarrassed, maybe slightly. Oh, I'm not embarrassed. I I was terrified. I was like, I'm. <laughs> she's gonna Google it, and then it's gonna be a thing, you know. Then I'm smacking gonna... the back of the head. What are you doing with our body? <clears throat> I know. I'm like taking our kids' college funds, man. Like, yeah. why can't Jeffrey go to college? Well. Well, it's because we invested had to have in some Star inter- Citizen. Internet spaceships, honey. They're really yep. cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, water in the mouth, uh, this is not actually a very good transition. Uh, I watched a video about Dragon's Dogma 2. You ever hear about Dragon's Dogma? No. 
So Dragon's Dogma, I never played the original game, and I probably should based off of this video. You know okay. the YouTube creator Force Gaming? Yeah, you may I've have heard, heard of him. Yeah, 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 yeah. he's a cool guy. Uh -huh. um, he made a video about why he's excited, and now I'm excited, and I want to share it with you guys because it looks really cool. Okay. It looks like it's going to be trying to capture a lot of the exploration discovery of like older school or just like of RPGs in general. Um, but one of the things that I thought was interesting is that your character's physicality has an impact on the gameplay. So if you make like a big muscly man, so you're hang on, have... this is an RPG. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's an RPG. Okay, let me set the stage. It's an RPG, you play as a character, and there's dragons. That's, yeah, it's okay. GG. Okay. okay. So, I was like, yeah. is this, I have no idea. Is it a racing game? Yeah. Sorry, I should, it's, a, it's a racing game. Yeah, I should have done a better job. With dragons. So yeah. it's an RPG, fantasy, dragon, magic, all that good stuff, right? Yeah. These uh, graphics look that. really good. Yeah, it looks, it, looks, it looks good graphically. But what I thought was cool is that your physicality matters. So if you choose a big meaty guy, you're going to be stronger. You can throw things further, but you're not going to be able to get into small like holes or different obstacles, and you're not going to have as much stamina. If you're small, you'll be quick and agile, but you won't be as powerful. And then, 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 then you have to incorporate your different classes, which will have different attributes as well. And that, in, like, I, I like, I like the idea of your character not just simply being uh, cosmetic, right? I think it's really cool to have, like, oh, yeah. that's a small guy. He's going to have better or different gameplay implications because of that. I think that's, I think that's neat. And so, what it does I it was more really cool, dynamically? Is that what you're saying? So, like, it's not like you pick. I'm heavy class and now I get to do all heavy class stuff. So I think what you could do is you could have a small character who plays a warrior style class and has that kind of gameplay. So you won't want, you won't hit as hard, but you might be more agile because of it. Or you can just go big and brawny and you can do that too. So it's just another way of like, I'm sure I, I don't know all the stat allocation that'll probably be later explained. But it's just neat to have your physicality having more than just cosmetics. What I also yeah. thought was really neat mm -hmm. is the boss battles and the enemies you fight. In the original, you could climb onto them, right? So you could fly onto a, you could climb onto a griffin and stab it in the back, right? Which is cool in of itself. Yeah, I'm seeing in the griffin game, in the screenshots. It looks dope. In this game, apparently, because things are. It's it's you know they're always going they're always trying to push the boundaries they're always trying to make it feel more real. You can go the inside Griffin, of it and no. cut it from the inside. I mean maybe maybe okay. that'll happen. <laughs> but let's say the Griffin is worried that it's going to lose, so you're jump you jump onto it and then it starts to fly away. It could it could take you then to its like layer uh, where it could potentially have like help and or like loot and stuff like that. That's so if you really successfully, cool. Right. So if you successfully drop it and it's, you know, whatever. But you're, the thing is, is like you now might be separated from the rest of your party because you have AI companions. Yeah. Um, what do so they it could do? Be, it could be right, ris really risky. So the thing is, is that like, let's say it bucks you off, right? If it bucks you off and you're really high, you could fall down. But your AI can run over and, and like grab you what? as, yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> What kind so of, you won't take as you won't take as much Matt, fall damage. I'm not catching you if you're falling 300 Catch feet off me, of a griffin. Cab, it's called a trust fall. Okay. We both <clears> die. <throat> if that we probably happens. would both. Yeah, probably would both die. So the so you can fall. They can grab you. That's awesome, right? That's really cool. I didn't expect that your AI was going to be able to perform something like that. Uh, you could be attacking a troll, 
and you could t- go for their legs and cause them to trip and they can r- trip on like there's like a ravine right they can fall over the ravine they will then try to catch themselves on the other side and you can walk on their back what to the other side this game sounds way too cool dude yeah i know it does sound really cool it's sort That's of what I'm like talking about it, it reminds me a little bit of like um ender's game where like he fights the dragon or the giant in that fantasy world he's playing a oh, video yeah. game in the future uh-huh. but all this dynamic stuff happens we're, like, we're we're there now. We're there we're now. There. We've made yeah. it. We've made it to the future tech gaming. That sounds yeah. really uh, really interesting. I like the idea of an animal taking you somewhere else, and you're like, well, I was going over there, but now I'm in Mordor, and I have to like, this is my adventure now. Right. Is getting out of Mordor or whatever. What is the deal with the? I'm looking at the images of the game, and there's uh-huh. like an almost hot chick, but she's got demon eyes. I have no idea. I I don't immediately just look at the hot chick with demon eyes. I, I mean, it's terrifying, man. It's like Dragon's Dogma two, and then I hit on images. Like where where? Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. You see what I'm saying? The Kotaku thing. Yeah, well, she's I, in I don't t- know. lots of images. She's freaking me out, man. Is she the main bad guy or something? I have no idea. I have no idea. Man, uh, she's very freaky looking. Yes. Yeah, it's one of those situations where you're like looking from the the feet up. You're like, that's nice. Okay, you get to the layout. Very nice. I like it. You get to the midsection. Very nice. You get to the face. You go, dear God. <laughs> dear, dear, dear God. God. Uh, I mean, she is a little pale. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about her. No, okay. I, don't, I don't know every all the ins and outs of the game. But the thing I'm probably most excited about is that the thing, the, the sense that I was getting from this video that I saw from Force and the little bit of, you know, that I did see is that it's really a, the sense of exploration. One of the reasons why I loved Elden Ring was going into a dungeon or exploring around, finding a hole in the ground. I mean, like, I wonder where what that is it goes. With and you all and of a sudden, holes in the ground, Matt. Okay, the big guy can't fit in the hole in the ground. The little guy can fit in the hole in the ground. You're you're excited about going in the hole in the ground. You just like holes it's in the just, ground. It's just an example. Okay, you find a I don't know a cave in the mountainside. You go into the cave, <laughs> and then all of a sudden. Uh, it's not a hole in the ground. It's a cave in the side of a mountain. Entirely different. <laughs> Sorry. You just a lot of hole analogies here, you know? Yeah. It's funny. Continue. You done? Yeah. You done? Yeah. You you I am. You, 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 ruined my, you ruined my thunder here? No, I like so it. So you go you, you you okay, you go down a path in the mountain that you discover <laughs> there we go we've we, we you, you know you there got you go. your main trail you, you kind of discover this it's like nothing oh, like I, a I, hole i'm gonna go in the woods yeah. and then there's then there's this path and that path leads to oh there's like a village and the village is under attack like that sense of exploration is what yeah. i love and if they can weave that in and have like some fun story there and like i love that about rpgs where it's not necessarily just about the main story it's about creating your own almost your own story where you discover it like and that's what i really loved about elden ring was that sense of discovery and then the nice reward with either like a big boss or an item Hmm. or something um so i'm hoping that they can they can make it work because it looks neat that's cool ben it's on Mm. my radar now too i'm gonna go i'm gonna read up on it a little bit because that does sound quite interesting well sir i mean I could talk about Star Citizen for another, you know, couple hours, but and I could talk apparently about holes for whole <laughs> a fantasy world holes, man. Uh, 
<laughs> I like your examples, dude. You're like, okay, so like you're a big guy and you can't go in the hole in the ground. But if you're a little guy, you can go in the hole in the ground. I'm like, why I do mean, we want to go whole, in the hole in the ground, that's man? The whole, that's the whole explanation, right? If you're big, you can't get through. To sky. <laughs> small. I think I said small areas, like small, whatever. You know what? We're moving on. You know, end the goddamn podcast level cap. End let's, it now. Let's wrap it up here. Uh, people on Patreon, thank you for dropping by the live stream. If you're not subscribed on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Download the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, whatever you like to listen to us on. Um, and if you want to support us, join us on Patreon. You get to watch us live. You get to see all the things that we cut out before we cut them out. And believe me, there's a lot of things we cut out of this one, man. Oof. Ooh, it wee. got crazy. But uh, thank you guys for watching the podcast. We hope you enjoy it. We enjoy making it. Matt, closing wisdom. Uh, closing wisdom. Um no i have nothing i was gonna say something about a hole but that just feels inappropriate so no <laughs> i like i like holes is what you meant to say <laughs> curiosity right, killed the cat we'll go with that one yeah all <clears throat> right bye guys thanks for thanks for watching thanks for hanging out see you next time Bye bye <clears throat>